You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Welcome everybody, it's lovely to see you all here tonight. We welcome you if this is your first time here, been coming for a long time or it's been a while since you've been with us. It's lovely to see you all here, join us in our worship. We're part Northern Lights MCC, part of a worldwide denomination who celebrate the inclusive love of God for everyone. Everything you need for the service will be on the screen at the front of church. Please feel free to take part in as little or as much as you feel comfortable with. Tonight, our theme is the Beatitudes. That is, the blessings that Jesus declares at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. A vision of a world redeemed by love and the qualities of discipleship that bring about that transformation. Ronnie will be expanding the message that we will hear once we've heard them read to us. For many of us, this will have been a busy week and a busy day. So as we come to worship God and hear hear her words to us, let's take a moment to still our hearts and open our inner ears to her voice. Heavenly Father, Creator Mother, thank you for bringing us here tonight to worship you. Pray that we may have open hearts and open ears to hear your quiet voice to us. Amen. The first reading is from Zephaniah, chapter 2. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Gaza will be abandoned and Ashkelon left in ruins. At midday, Ashdod will be emptied and Ekron uprooted. Woe to you who live by the sea, you Kerethite people. The word of the Lord is against you, Canaan, land of the Philistines. He says, I will destroy you and none will be left. The land by the sea will become pastures having wells for shepherds and sheepfolds for flocks. That land will belong to the remnant of the people of Judah. There they, fi- they will find pasture. In the evening they will lie down in the houses of Ashkelon. The Lord their God will care for them. He will restore their fortunes. I have heard the insults of Moab and the taunts of the Ammonites who insulted my people and made threats against their land. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, surely Moab will become like Sodom, the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a place of weeds and salt pits, a wasteland forever. The remnant of my people will plunder them. The survivors of my nation will inherit their land. This is what they will get in return for their pride, for insulting and mocking the the people of the Lord Almighty. The Lord will be awesome to them when he destroys all the gods of the earth. Distant nations will bow down to him, all of them in their own lands. 
you Cushites too will be slain by my sword. He will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, leaving Nineveh utterly desolate and dry as the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel readings from the book of Matthew. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. My friends, would you please pray with me? Loving God, may your spirit fill this place. Guide me. I may speak the words you wish me to speak. Touch the ears and the hearts of those you have gathered here, of those who will listen at home that they may hear you speak to them. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Anybody who knows me even vaguely well will know I'm a Doctor Who fan. Now, when Doctor Who's good, they will have a story arc running through an entire series and they plant little bits of information week by week, and then in the very last episode, it all comes together. For the last two months, we've had a theme. We've not really mentioned it, but it's been there every week. And tonight's the last night, and it's not on the screen. I'm going to test you. What was the theme we've had for the last two months? There's a prize for anybody shouting out. Not you, Lily. <laughs> part of the leadership team. There's always a show-off in the class, isn't there? Anybody else? Well, well done for observation. The theme is profit, not profit. Don't nod your head now as if you knew it. It's a play on words. But it also takes us to the very heart of the prophetic call. And it's also a direct challenge 
to you and to me. Throughout December and January, we heard almost every week from the prophet Isaiah. Charlotte reminded us that very first week at the beginning of Advent that scholars believed Isaiah to have been a prince. And it was during a vision where he saw God on his holy mountain and God's need for a messenger that Isaiah left everything behind and devoted himself to serving God. In that moment, he rejected the ease and the luxury that his position gave him and instead dedicated his life to God's will. It made him very unpopular. He was rejected and mocked by priests and by kings. And yet, it's Isaiah who gives us some of the most poetic and also the most graphic imagery of the coming Messiah, the one God will send to save his broken people. We heard him through Advent prophesy of a child born of a maiden, one whom we would call Emmanuel. God is with us. Very soon we'll begin Lent. And during Lent, we will hear four prophetic messages of a servant of God. Four messages of how that servant will suffer unbearably because of his love of God and his faithfulness to God's word. The underlying message from Isaiah was God's weariness of the religious offerings from insincere hearts and the rich indulgences of the royal court that made them blind to the heart of the, govern of the covenant God had made through Moses with Israel. And today we hear from a different prophet, the prophet Zephaniah. Like Isaiah, Zephaniah was of royal stock. He was the great-grandson of King Hezekiah. And like Isaiah, he left the rich trappings behind in order to preach God's word. He announced his message in the early reign of King Josiah, just a hundred or so years after Isaiah. At that time, Jerusalem had become a major trade city and Israel's faithfulness to God had been diluted even further. The people had adopted other gods. Temples in their honour were built, and people followed other cultural influences in their dress and in their food rituals. Zephaniah speaks a message that flies in the face of public opinion, and he is very unpopular. He warns of God's judgment, not just for the people of Israel, but of the whole world. He calls for a return to a faithful following of God, a call to live honest and genuine lives within the covenant that God has made with them, to care for the poor and the outcast. Just over 600 years later, a child is born. A child again, born of royal stock, 
but this time born poor, born with no richly trappings. He grows quietly, becomes a tradesman in an outback miles from the hustle and bustle of the big city, Jerusalem. Quietly with his family, he lives, he works, he goes to temple and he prays. He watches the people around him, good people, honest, caring, and yet downtrodden, affected by the Roman invasion and the Roman occupation. Their lives filled with religious uncertainty and fear for their futures. The truth is we know very little about the first 30 years of Jesus' life, of even what led him to coming forward and beginning his ministry. It's very doubtful that he went to a rabbinical school or had any formal training. Did he, like Isaiah, receive a vision or a message in the dead of night? Did he always know what he was called to do? Or did it come to him slowly, his father revealing his destiny bit by bit? We'll never know. Today, Matthew gives us a pivotal moment in Jesus' ministry. Matthew's gospel was written for the Jewish audience and he carefully words what happens knowing its significance. As Moses goes up the mountain and comes back with the law, the Ten Commandments, the covenant that God makes with his people, Jesus, too, goes up a hill and gives us a new law. While Moses gives us a series of thou shalt nots, in the Beatitudes, Jesus gives us a template of what someone who is faithful to God's word should be like. Biblical scholars will tell you that they are both very different. And while I would agree that they are different in style, I don't believe that they are different in meaning. I remember sharing with you some time back that the way I see the Old Testament is as a love story. God's love for a fractured people to whom he makes himself known and calls them to be his special people. Through the prophets, he reveals himself as God, as father, as mother. The heart of the covenant or the contract he makes with his people is one based on love love for God and love for one another, the first two commandments. The Beatitudes is the breaking down of those ten commandments into a template for Christian life, with love at its heart. Days before his death, Jesus takes his disciples up a mountain and before them he is transfigured. Moses and Elijah appear before him, bearing witness to who Jesus is. He is the fulfillment of the law, given by God through Moses, and he is also the last and the fulfillment of all the prophets, witnessed by Elijah, the one who is taken up into heaven 
and for whom the Jewish people wait for his return. Again, scholars will tell you that John the Baptist was the last of the great Old Testament prophets, but actually, it's Jesus. He is the sum of all who have gone before him, the perfect prophet, the one who lives God's message, the one who was completely obedient to God's will, even to surrendering himself up to death. It's in Jesus that we see how to live as a child of God. He doesn't tell us, he shows us. Jesus, the perfect example of what it is to live in a full relationship with God. And so when he comes to that mountainside and he sits and he speaks to the people and he gives the template of what it is to truly be a child of God, he's speaking from personal experience. Let's look at them, each one of those Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need to understand poor in spirit as when we remove all ego, all self-importance from ourselves. We see Jesus poor in spirit when we are reminded in scripture in the Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. Jesus did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And he teaches the beatitude to us. Unless you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Despite knowing what was to come when we die, knowing that we were to go to God, Jesus felt grief. We hear in Matthew 14, verses 12 to 15, on hearing the death of John the Baptist, we're told, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. And hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And then in John chapter 11, verses 32 to 35, we hear of his friend Lazarus. Martha's sister, Mary, didn't understand either. When she saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and wept. Jesus was deeply moved, and when he saw Mary's grief, when they took Jesus to the grave, he also wept. But Jesus also grieved for those who were blind to, and deaf to God's invitation to live as his children. 
in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 to 42. He saw the city and wept over it, saying, If this day you only knew what makes for peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We need to understand meek and the sense of non-violent resistance and not returning violence for violence. And then we see Jesus being struck by one of the temple guards during his passion. And Jesus answering him, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But I have spoken rightly. Why did you strike me? John chapter 18, 22 to 23. We hear Jesus teach on meekness. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over a tunic, hand him your cloak as well. Or should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 42. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus hungered for righteousness, and therefore much of his ministry was directed to the underprivileged. He said to the disciples of John the Baptist, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Matthew chapter 11, verse 4-5 to five. We know Jesus was a righteous person, even by the Gentiles. After his passion, Pilate's wife said, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. Matthew chapter 27, verse 19. Jesus encouraged righteousness in his teaching, and he told the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. The Pharisee prayed in the temple, O God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay my tithes on the whole income. Luke chapter 18, verse 11. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We see Jesus living this beatitude when he forgave his executions. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Luke 23, 34.
Forgiveness featured many times in Jesus' teaching, both God's mercy and our need to forgive one another. The shepherd leaves the 99 sheep to search for the lost, and when he finds it, he rejoices. In the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need for repentance. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. And Peter asks, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 22. And then there's, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We can understand pure in heart as meaning being true to one's vocation. And we see Jesus living this beatitude when he resisted the devil's temptations in the desert. Go away, Satan. It is written, the Lord your God, you shall worship him alone. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. And Jesus taught of the importance of purity of heart when he said, no one sets a hand on the plough and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9, verse 26. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called children of God. Jesus lived this beatitude during his arrest in Gethsemane when one of the disciples struck the high priest's servant and cut off their right ear but Jesus said in reply, Stop, no more of this. Then he touched the servant's ear and healed him. Luke chapter 22, 50 to 51. Jesus taught his disciples that he alone is the source of true peace. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world's do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. John chapter 14, verse 27. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. We see Jesus leaving, living this beatitude in his passion when he was persecuted and falsely accused. In Matthew we read, the chief priests and the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none. And through many false witnesses came forward. Matthew chapter 26, verses 59 to 60. 
And Jesus taught his disciples to expect to be persecuted because they were his followers. If the world hates you, realize that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you do not belong to the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. John chapter 15, verse 18 to 19. I said earlier that our theme is to challenge us too. At our baptism, every one of us was anointed as a priest and a prophet. As priests, we are called to be a bridge between humanity and God. But as prophets, we are called to show our care. Sorry. And as prophets, we are called to show by our lives the living presence of God in this world. Do we do that? Can we better show Christ to others in our words and in our actions? We've played with the words prophet and prophet. We've celebrated those who gave up everything in order to proclaim the word of God. Yet, it is in the greatest of all priests and prophets, Jesus, who gave up the most and followed the will of God more closely than any other. Can we find the humility, the courage, the love to really follow the way that Jesus gives us? If we can, we will be given the greatest treasure of all. Life with those we love to live basking in the love of God for all eternity. Let us pray. We come to you tonight, Heavenly Father, to lift up your name. We thank and praise you that you're rich in love and that you're slow to anger, that your name is great and your heart is kind. We thank you for the love you have poured out upon us, for your many blessings on each of our lives. Help us to worship you with all of our hearts, our minds and our strength to lift you up high. Help us to bless your name, not just when the sun is shining down on us, but in the tough and the hard times too. May we be able to say at the end of the day that we have blessed you. Let us be singing when the evening comes. Let us be raising and praising your name.
because of the way you see us through your eyes. The love you have for us. May you be our blessing. May we be filled with amazement and thanksgiving for you. May we sing that if you are with us, who shall we fear? If you are with us, who can be against us? Creator God, may we, may we lift you up high in our praises. Help us, Creator God, to live honest and genuine lives, following your template to be your disciples, to be your special people, to know that we are your children. May we live our lives with your love at the heart of them. Help us to follow the ways of our Lord, your Son, Jesus. Help us and fill us with your humility and your compassion. May we reach out to those on the edges of society as you did. May we reach out with forgiveness to each other and to ourselves. May we be pure in heart be true to the vocation you have called each of us to. May we walk as peacemakers in our daily lives, in all the different places that we all go. in our workplaces, in our family homes and, the f and our communities. May we show your love to all of those around us. May we care for others. We lift up those who have put prayers in our prayer book. You know what they are and you know what is in our hearts. Hear our voices as we cry out to you. And as in our hearts now, we quietly lift up those who are ill or no longer with us and the families around them that mourn.
we lift to those who are living each day with HIV and AIDS, the many millions around the world. We ask for your blessing, your peace and your comfort. We lift our world to you, Lord. We think of those affected by the earthquake in Turkey, those who've lost their lives and those who have been injured, those who have lost their homes and everything around them. We think of those who are suffering currently in China, those who again have lost their lives and those who are ill. And for those who are in other countries waiting for the results of tests, we pray for their comfort. We pray for the doctors and the nurses. Pray for the World Health Organization and all that they are doing. How small this world is, Lord. And things in one part can affect so many other countries. Lift us up to show compassion and mercy. We lift up the countries that are suffering the consequences of war. We lift up Syria, Iran and Iraq. We lift up the Yemen. And we lift up countries that are suffering due to economic crises, due to the greed of man. Creator God, we thank you that you hear our prayers and that you have a compassionate heart. Help us to be conduits to that compassion. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that you would use them too. And so we close this time of prayer with a prayer our Lord left for us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Let us share with one another the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.